WFAE's David Borax has the story. Tariq Bakari and Larkin Eggleston call their podcast R&D in the QC. Eggleston says they hope to reach people who may not pay attention to the council. Eggleston is 35 and a Democrat. Bakari is a 37-year-old Republican. Despite their political differences, they bonded on the campaign trail in part over their beards, says Bakari. The beards themselves are what truly united us in the beginning. They hope to be an example of how to debate productively across the political divide. Episode 24, we talk about Music Everywhere CLT, we talk about the rezoning meeting, Charlotte Squawks, the News Edge, and much, much more. Episode 24, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, we are live, and Larkin, guess who has over 13,000 downloads? I'd like to welcome my new co-host, Michael Buffer. We just did it, my friend, and if you're wondering why our voices sound so smooth, that's because we've upgraded our podcast equipment. Yes, this looks like a professional recording studio now, but I am also having to lean forward and almost... uh, eat this microphone so i'm not so sure how long it's going to take me to get used to this. lean in larkin lean in we had a big week um lots going on in the government center but first we'll talk about something we did outside of the government center i believe it was on wednesday maybe thursday days all run together now Mm. we had another gathering of our music coalition we've talked about this a little bit before as an initiative we just kind of had a little bit of a spark of an idea on our end, uh, talked with some folks in the community who were involved in entertainment, involved in music, and found out there was another group that had been getting together kind of along the same line. So we, we finally were able to sort of merge those two efforts last week, got everybody together at the underground at Fillmore. And, um, and one of the things that the other group had had in the works is a music website that we we're going to highly encourage everybody to go check out and that is musiceverywhereclt.com. And tell them a little bit about what they'll find on that website. Yeah, so what they'll find on the site is a bit about music everywhere in clt.com. Thank you for that clarification, Tark. No problem, no problem. You know, actually, it's really one of the, one of the things that when we started this whole um, this whole kind of gathering and what do I call it? Um, summits, a I call summits, them summits, a even series of summits. Meetings. Again, a lot of people had already been doing work, but one of the biggest user complaints of just kind of a music fan in Charlotte that I had always had was that whenever I happened to have time to go see a concert or something like that, or I wanted to see live music, um, I had to do this standard process every single time, which was go to Google, Google Charlotte NC concert venues, go to each individual one because I knew them, click on them, click on the calendar and see who's playing there. And if I happen to like what I saw, which normally, you know, 90% of the time I wouldn't recognize the bands, I would then have to take that name and go to YouTube and type in the name of the band, live performance, to see if I liked them. So this is the start of kind of having a more seamless user experience where everything's there. And I think we'll build on that. Uh, as time as time moves on to one know about the venues and where where things are but two know the kinds of music that are playing so we can start figuring out you know who we like on a local music scene without having to see them live maybe just listening to them and as our friend rick thurman who's been real involved in this effort said 
there's plenty of calendars online for Charlotte events, uh, but those are going to include everything. I mean, that's going to have every uh, community festival, every 5K, every you know bounce house that's going to be in some neighborhood <laughs> for some kids. And so you got to sift through all that to find the music. So this is really kind of distilling down to just specifically live music and it's but it is it's everything from local bands that are maybe playing covers at just your neighborhood wine bar on the weekend to you know metallica's playing at the hornets arena so now if i'm looking for bounce house music though will i be, be able to bounce house clt.com dot org okay i believe um someone just someone just snatched that website up now Dang it. to beat us to it um but i am excited i think there was an announcement made um, by our friend Robert Crumbine that they are in the works to do a Charlotte Shout-like festival again in 2019, which for longtime residents of Charlotte, will, they'll remember that was a big arts and music and culture festival uh, that took place for years and years and was a really amazing event. Uh, something along those lines is coming back. And so I think we've got all the right people at the table now and I, I do think this is going to start to kind of produce fruit. And and the first fruit it is producing is this website. So we definitely encourage people to go check it out. Give us your feedback. This is, um, as was said that day, kind of a, a beta version of this website. But you can you can organize it by style of music. You can organize it by part of town, um, by venue. There's venue information. And, um, you know, this is just the beginning of this website. But everybody go look at it and uh, reach out to us or um, through the website with feedback that you have and ways that it can be improved and ways that make it more user-friendly because to your point Tark, um trying to find live music to to go and check out in charlotte is not always that easy and so this is something that kind of collates all that information and, and makes it so that people can quickly decide what they want to do if, if that's what they're looking for we did it larkin we changed the music scene already here it's amazing also Tark and i are dropping our uh, hot fire mixtape i think in august Ooh. right with these new mics we could go lark that's not that's not terrible actually go lark <laughs> go and drop right. something man okay fine these mics I'm, I'm hearing us for the first time in my headset so i feel the need to do that the stuff. voices in your head boom i always assumed you had them let's continue so that was thursday i looked back at my calendar our music gathering in that afternoon and then that evening we reconvened you and i over on Television Place, which is over near the Bojangles Coliseum, mm. at WCCB-TV, and we joined our friends Morgan Fogarty and QCB on WCCB News Edge. Let's take a listen. Welcome back to R&D in the QC. Larkin, how are you, bud? I'm tired. Uh, he's tired. We have special guest of our Meet the Press edition here. We've got none other... Molly, no, Morgan Fogarty, Q. Hold on, Q. Hey, Q. What's up, man? What's going on? Welcome to the show. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. Great to be here. Did we just crush your episode of uh, of uh, your whatever your TV show is called? Huge ratings. Sweet. Morgan, welcome to our as our special guest on the show. Larkin, do you have a question for her? Um, will you ever invite Tarek back on the show? Yes. Of course, because I crushed it, Larkin. What's your favorite thing about doing the news here in Charlotte? Oh, boy. My favorite thing about doing the news here in Charlotte is that I get to report on the community that I live in. Mm, Q, what's your favorite thing about Morgan doing the news here in Charlotte? Oh, uh, that she's here and she's a, she's a, a ray of sunshine. She's alive. That she literally fogs up a glass. That's great, right. man. Well. You love Fortnite, too. We've learned that tonight. So, I love Fortnite like Drake loves having babies of porn stars and not claiming them until he gets called out. <laughs> 
<laughs> you can say that on our show. Totally fine on our show. Our okay. show is not an explicit show. Okay. But that, he didn't say anything explicit. He didn't, oh. but he was getting ready to. Well, wait, that's fine. We'll bleep it out. <laughs> Morgan, well, ask Morgan a question. Come on, she's on the podcast. Morgan, what's the biggest story in Charlotte right now? Oh, boy. The biggest story in Charlotte right now? Scooter Gate. Scootergate is very high up there. Um, you know, I will say that the story that I am paying very close attention to because it personally makes me really angry is the baby in Chesterfield um, who was found dead inside a box. Her 19-year-old mom was charged with murder this week. Harley Lewis is the little baby's name. Um, those cases always kill me. Mm. So what? What's uh, <laughs> that's tough to kind of bounce back because you just sorry. got serious. So let, now we'll no, we'll now we'll do a serious note. What do you most love about and hate about covering anything political in town, especially oh local government wise? Um, what I as a journalist, um, what is really frustrating is the this sort of political game of fake news mm. um, because it. It is nonsense. Um, journalists work for the communities that they serve, our country as a whole. They're an important part of the Constitution. They're an important part of democracy. Um, and to hear that we are we are referred to as the enemy um, by the person in the highest office in the land is is a difficult pill to swallow because that trickles down into our local communities and our local journalists as well. That's a serious point. Q, what do you think about that on Trump's birthday? <laughs> I have no comment. She said everything I want to say. She did. I have a question because I hear this a lot. You talked to you were asked about you know a big a big story in Charlotte right now. Mm. One of the big things that everybody's talking about is is teacher pay, mm. and um, I know that the county has a lot to do with that. The state has a lot to do with that. But people ask me all the time, why doesn't the money from the North Carolina Education Lottery help out? education in North Carolina? Well, it's a pretty easy answer. It does, but the, it's a, one of these great political shell games where they got it, they put it in, and they took the old money that was there and deployed it elsewhere. So it's kind of a net neutral game where it didn't like, oh, we're going to do this and it could bring the amount of money up. They were able to use their general dollars in different ways. Larkin? That would be your state legislature, and I would encourage you to reach out to them and ask about it. Okay. Indeed. What about the tolls? Now, all of a sudden, now, the tolls on 77 supposedly not even going to happen now? I love how you guys are now grilling us in our we interview. Watch the news. We watch the news. I, I, I'm not a huge fan of the tolls, but we did sit down uh, earlier this week, I think, with um, Senator Tillis, who gave us a pretty compelling reason, at least why that started. I'm still kind of against it. Have you changed your also, mind? Also, tolls aren't dead yet. There's a possibility that the contracts could be canceled, but that hasn't yes. been decided but yet. But what about also Wyden I-77 has now changed course and they're saying, okay, finish the project, but we want to use them as general travel lanes. Well, that's is that basically what they wanted all along is, right. is free lanes. But I mean, paying some sort of large penalty, again, that's not a decision we'll make locally, but those lanes are being built, so they're going to be there. I mean, you could cancel the contract in theory. It would be extremely expensive and, and probably problematic, but um, that's a decision that's yet to be made. Well, guys, Wait, before no. – well, oh, you have more no, questions? No, no, no. no. I, I want to ask Morgan a question. Go ahead. Oh, ask Morgan a question. Morgan yes. Fogarty, are the Carolina Panthers making the playoffs this season? Oh, bless their hearts. Bless making their the, hearts. Making the playoffs? Yes. Playoffs? <laughs> playoffs? I don't think so. Okay, any final questions for Q? I'd like to know why Larkin is in such a bad mood. Well, and why is he sweating so much? Because it's hot and I've been up since 4.30 this morning. Uh, he wakes up at 4.30 every morning. He's like a really old man in a, right. in a 
somewhat younger man's body. Yeah. So you love Warthers Originals then? <laughs> yes, so they're, they're yes he does. They're, they're all oh. <laughs> Great. Well, listen, Larkin, take us out, man. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> if you're still listening. This was the greatest moment in our podcast. For all the hundreds of thousands of listeners out there, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. And I like Morgan because she's here. Yes. yes. And we'll t- in the next segment, we'll tell you who these guys were. Over and out. <laughs> And we're back. Thanks, Morgan and Q. Uh, and if anybody wants to see what R&D and the QC looks like on television, but in a far less serious setting than Flashpoint, where we go on and we're dressed up and we're, we're talking I mean, about hard-hitting issues. Targ did get to do the weather, and it was uh, the best four-second weather segment I've ever seen. I mean, literally. I, I think maybe the only that's what we're doing. Only four-second weather scene I've yes. ever seen. But, um so we will be back on Tuesday night. So depending on when you're listening, either tomorrow night or tonight, Tuesday night, 10.30 p.m. You always confuse WCCB. everybody terribly when you do that. It's going to be Tuesday, June 19th Well done at 10.30 p.m. on WCCB-TV. We will be on News Edge uh, with Morgan again and I believe our friend Matt Harris mm. from 107.9 The Link. So we'll look forward to that. We hope you will tune in or set your DVR. What else are we talking about today, Tom? Yeah, that's a great question. I really put you in charge of the you agenda. You did, and I've already day. forgotten. Um, I think next was we. You know, we really, we really do spend probably far too much time together. Although this time we were with our wives. Oh yeah. We reconvened on Saturday night mm. for Charlotte Squawks. Your second viewing, my first. Yes. And uh, what'd you think? It was funny. The Is whole this thing- the first time we're talking about Squawks on on the pod. I don't know if you talked about it after you went or not, but it was funny. Yeah, I've been to Squawks before, uh, and it's always funny. I think it only runs through the 26th, so if you haven't yeah, watched one more it, week. You, you don't have much time left, and it's probably sold out, but uh, really, really good show. So one thing, I, I think people – so Mike Collins, uh, host of Charlotte Talks on WFAE, is the writer, producer, director, all those things. Um, but I don't think people realize – I mean, this is a professional theater company that that's – backing him on this show and so you know these are folks who've got professional singing voices professional acting chops and uh so it really is a well done thing and it's kind of saturday night live meets uh, almost meets flashpoint uh, and all primarily around local issues uh, with a little bit of national sprinkled in there so everything from scooters to uh, governor cooper to us young folks on charlotte city council they hit um, us pretty hard. And I'm sure Mike Collins would have preferred you to call it Saturday Night Live meets Charlotte Talks, but that's fine. Yeah, well, <laughs> until he has me on there, no no such luck, Mike. Yes. Um, yes. But no, it was it was a great show, and you got to make a, a little cameo. surprise cameo. Yeah, well, I, I hid it from you, and you were a bit nervous when I told you I had something planned, but they ended up... To be clear, you didn't tell me you had something planned for Charlotte Squawks. You just said, I have I'm going to prank you in the next week. And, and that's all I got. And it's going to be brutal. And you really like got serious. You were like, oh, okay, that's cool, but I will get you. I will get you back. <laughs> I felt better once I knew that your wife had kind of greenlit whatever your, when your I told stupid her that, idea was. She said that, well, I didn't greenlight it. You just showed it to me, which in fairness. But I told you afterwards, they, they ended up cutting the joke. I had found on the internet some really incredible pictures of you. One uh, where you were... Uh, where you were playing pool in a pool hall? Anyone I, I... It was actually in the lobby of the Blake Hotel, which is now the Meridian Hotel. Okay, well, that didn't make it any better. And you're up there balling, uh, you know... What, what, what I was don't your, think you call 
it balling. Yeah, what was your when you're your, playing billiards? What was your <laughs> what was your shirt? What did your shirt say? Hit Squad Records. Hit Squad Records. But that was only secondary to the picture with you with uh, full headphones around your neck, standing next to Flavor Flav. Another classic picture. Uh, they cut the joke. I lived an entirely different life before you knew me. Tyler. I, I, I clearly the pictures show that that is the case. I was part of several rap crews, and um, yeah. I knew I liked you for a reason. You know, you'd have you'd have really liked the old Larkin. I feel like I would. Now you're all just all Tired historical and buildings, and you know, back then you were like probably dropping beats like it was hot. You were clearly playing pool. Yes, it was a different time. Yeah, I'm not good at any of that anymore. So that was a good show, Charlotte Squawks. Check it out if you can. And tonight, so we just got done with our rezoning meeting, um, and we had a couple of of interesting ones. You and I actually had a lot in our respective districts tonight, and and obviously the big news story for the last couple of weeks, and, and I'm sure what will be the the headline tomorrow, is that we approved on a ten to one vote um, the tower that will go into Midtown, and so. The interesting thing about this one, and, and I don't remember if we we probably talked about this a little bit after the hearing two months ago, but uh, this is technically in the Midtown area. Uh, it's right near what people will know, uh, Elizabeth Avenue, where the streetcar is, and Earl's Grocery and 1900 Mexican and all those spots. Um, this site is actually where there's a medical office and 88 China Bistro and I think a gym and a Papa John's. and It's, it's very light use retail uh, and office, and this is going to be – um, a 299 foot tower with uh, primarily office, ground level retail restaurant, a hotel component will be part of the site as well. And you know there was huge contingents of people in the last two months that reached out to us in support of this, and huge contingents of people who reached out to us in opposition to this, and they were really torn. And because it wasn't necessarily in any of the three uh, kind of most impacted residential neighborhoods, it they all three kind of took some ownership of it, which was an interesting dynamic because we had people reaching out from three communities voicing their support or their dissent. And, um, in the crowd tonight, we saw something that was really unusual. And I had several veteran council members and staff members comment on how unusual it was. We had, I don't know, what do you think? Three dozen? Yeah. Three dozen people in green shirts that they'd had screen printed, uh, with the with the rezoning number on it, which is yeah. not going to be a collector's I mean, it's item, completely unreusable. <laughs> yeah, it's not, not a collector's item at all. I, w- I was super shocked. I walked in there and I looked up and I was like, okay. And I sat down. I was like, all right, there they are. We didn't and clarify I, yet. These people were for the yes for the rezoning. I was, I, but I saw I saw a yes and I saw signs that said yes. I, and I had to walk up to them and say, I just want to make sure I'm reading this correctly. You are all here in favor of this, right? So that was really surprising given the volume of email, especially when a lot of them out there were. From the Myers Park area, which we split that that neighborhood association, because I, I asked a few of them where they were from, and we had gotten a lot of emails from folks that were no. So then this contingent comes out yes. It was just very bizarre. And there was probably a dozen people here um, that were in opposition to the to the petition tonight at the meeting. Now, and not to to distort the reality, I would say there was probably at least you know there was probably an equal amount or there or close to. Um, support and dissent that we've heard from over the last couple months. Uh, so I don't there mean was probably to, more dissent in the emails and more support in the room, which was, I yeah. Guess, yeah, I, I would say on balance, there was probably about an equal level um, of support and dissent. It was not reflected. It was reflected one way in the emails and another in the, in the room tonight, but I think it probably balanced out in reality. Um, but I will say I, I was, 
pleasantly surprised, not because that's the way we ultimately voted, but um, but more so because I've said before, and I think maybe we've said on the show, we really want people to start being for something. And it's, you know, we tend to only hear from people who are against something and not to say that you shouldn't tell us when you're against something or that you shouldn't, you know, mobilize your community against things that you think are, are not beneficial to the community. But it's, it's really refreshing when people get excited for something. And so I think that, you know, I hope that's the beginning of a new trend where people come and say, we're not just going to get involved when we see something we don't like. We're going to get involved and tell you that we are excited about something. And in this case, you know, I think they were excited about the things that we were excited about in this petition, which were improved walkability. It allowed for um, improved bikeability long term. It created a pedestrian connection to the Gold Line streetcar, which, again, is a huge investment that we've made. And regardless of where you fall out on whether or not you like the streetcar, I think it it behooves us all for it to be successful. And you can't have successful transit when a site's just got a Papa John's and a gym. I mean, by having something that's going to have a ton of office use, a ton of ground floor retail use, um, it's got like 13% of the site is – uh, urban open space with trees and benches and things around the site. I mean, this is going to be a much more activated site and it's going to become more pedestrian friendly. And you mentioned, and I'll let you take from here. Um, a lot of the concerns we were hearing from people were around traffic and a lot of the, those were being addressed with an over two and a half million dollar investment on the part of the petitioner. Yeah. I mean, the streetcar literally solves everything and I'm going to go on a rampage now to get streetcars everywhere. I mean, literally this town needs streetcars Everywhere, Larkin. And you heard it what, here first. Target what, 2019. What, what, build more streetcars. Streetcars everywhere. Where you want them, we're going to put them. Where you don't, we're also going to put them. Now, seriously, um, I don't believe anything I just said. But uh, in reality, though, uh, the one thing that struck me about this in responding to, you know, I don't know, 100, 150 emails, um, which I wrote one nice response that kind of encapsulated everything I read, and then I copy-pasted and sent to everybody. But it was, it, there seemed to be a lot of misinformation. Like people were like, they kept saying the traffic is terrible and this is going to make it 10 times worse. They were saying the building is too high and is in contradiction to area plans. They were saying. I had some people referencing it as a residential project when there's zero residential in this project. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it was it. When you look at all the facts of this, it was quite clear that one traffic was with that material investment you just noted was completely mitigated by everything they're going to do. Plus they're doing some other cool things for pedestrian access and stuff like that. When you talk about the height, the height was completely um, warranted by the area plan that exists. Now there was some, yeah, I'll jump in there. I I think one of the problems that is somewhat self-inflicted on the city side was that we had a plan that was just vague enough that both the petitioner and the folks for the plan could say, this supports the plan supports our height and the people against the petition could say the plan does not support the height. Now, but I don't understand that latter part. How does, where, where could someone justify the plan does not support that height? Cause I could not find that. Well, I think that they were contending that, that because it was not explicitly called out how much additional height might be allowable in that corridor, it, it essentially said that in that corridor, additional height would be allowable. And and because that's it, saying it, basically it, we want height because this is transit in yeah. In, in and nature. in this case, I I think that it was, I, I think that you could defend the height, but 
I think the contention of the folks who were against it would have been, well, what if it was a 2,000 foot building? What if it was the world's tallest building? And then where do you draw that line? And I think that's a fair question to ask because if it was a 2,000 foot tall building, clearly that wouldn't be appropriate. So where do you draw the line? And, and there was no clear indication of where that line would be drawn. You know, I and, and I don't know where we would have drawn it. So I use 2,000 feet as just an extreme example to demonstrate that clearly that wouldn't be allowable. But when we have a plan that doesn't, that says more height's allowable, but doesn't indicate how much more height, maybe it should have said slightly more height. And then you'd say, well, you know, maybe that just means 150 or 200 feet. Or if it says, you know, an unlimited amount of height within reason would be allowable here. I, I don't know what language you use or if you should get so explicit as to call it out that it should be 200 or 250 or 300 or 350. But uh, both sides were using the plan to argue their side, which I think means that maybe the plan was too vague. And yeah, this is the this was the point I made in my comments, which is if there is any other example in the world, this is a great one of why the area plans and then our updated vision and ultimately the UDO that that's going to lead to are so important because this is where we make decisions. And I have chosen to govern not by relaying my uh, uh, opinion and saying, well, I would like this here. I would not like this here. I want to point to the black and white statements that exist inside our, our, uh, our area plans and our, and our zoning ordinances and basically say this allows for it or not. And the older the plan, the more inaccurate it is, the, 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 the fact that the vision and the true sentiment of the community is not captured in there, that enables us to have to be operating in gray area. And why don't we do a quick version of Mean Tweets, um, City Council Rezoning uh, Email Edition, after I sent one of those nice emails uh, to somebody, this uh, gentleman, Larry Sweet, thanks for uh, emailing Larry, says, your email makes me sad. I thought new blood in the council would offer some help in true representative government. Looks like business as usual. It seems as though as thought money talks. So um, the, the one thing I'll say there is, look, you can be upset with how, with how we, we vote. You can be upset with how we come to our decision. But like... The sentiment of money talks and you're all in the pockets of developers, I could give a crap less what a developer wants or doesn't want. I want them to be able to do business in this town, and I want them to follow the rules and the vision of the community, which is imparted in the area plan. And if I try to, very, um, in a very balanced manner, come to a position so that all of the free market knows how we will come to that decision in the future so they can understand, plan in advance, and move quickly. Well, I'm sorry, but that's not money talks, and that's not developers uh, that have you in their pocket. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think almost without exception, every rezoning has got positives and negatives, and it's our job to decide whether the positives outweigh the negatives or, no, or they don't. And so a couple of things, you know, we've we've stated as priorities pedestrian safety, cyclist safety, and motorist safety. I think all three of those are improved with the infrastructure investments that are made with this project. Um, we've also, many of us have prioritized trying to have successful mass transit. This creates density, which allows for mass transit in, in the gold line to be successful. Also something that we can both appreciate from our differing fiscal uh, stances and, and positions is this is organic tax growth. This is, this is tax growth and a tax base increase that does not require raising taxes. So, you know, there's all sorts of things. There's, there's going to be a lot of jobs here. There's going to be, um, again, street-level retail and activating the street front in a way that the current use of this site does not. Um, 
And, and I think certainly there's traffic impacts and certainly uh, there's other things that I, I completely understand why people had some qualms about this. I said tonight and I'll reiterate that I think when this thing is built, a lot of the folks who kind of are nervous about it or, or uneasy with the plan will look at it and go, Hmm, that's not nearly as bad as I thought it's going to be. And in fact, maybe even I like it. Um, of course that's years out. I don't think this thing will even have a shovel in the dirt for over a year, but I do think that ultimately it's going to be good for the community. Uh, and I do think it's the future. And we, we talked about a lot of these emails we got talked about sprawl and, and referenced Atlanta sprawl is when you have, when your city stretches out for 40, 50 miles, this is a half a mile from uptown Charlotte. And so this is literally how we prevent sprawl is allowing for density near the center city. And so I think that it, this is the antithesis of sprawl. Um, so, you know, I don't know. There was, there were certainly valid concerns. I think we did everything we could to address them. Uh, no one should think that we made this decision, you know, we took it lightly or that we just made it quickly. Uh, this was something we all dug way into. Uh, if I missed a single person, I apologize, but I, and I think you tried to respond to every single email I received about it. I talked to multiple people who were against it multiple times. It was at community meetings where people were voicing support and dissent. Um, this is something I take very seriously because it was a big decision, but I think ultimately um, staff believe this was appropriate and, and beneficial. The zoning committee on a five to one vote supported this and then council on a 10 to one vote supported it. So I think um, a lot of us who spent a lot of time digging into it, got comfortable with it. And I think that the, the concerns are being addressed that the community expressed to us. So one other one uh, rezoning wise tonight, I'll mention unless you had anything else you wanted to chip in on the tower. Um, no, I was excited that we were able to finally, um, approve a long-term preservation strategy for the Van Landingham estate in Plaza Midwood, which is where I live. Um, two years ago, it, it took, it went sideways. Um, a plan that was by and large expected by the community to pass, um, failed. And then there's a two year waiting period thereafter. And thankfully the petitioner was patient and decided that he would wait out that two years. He would refile it. Um, and we were able to approve it tonight. So now, that property, which very much could have been in danger if he'd have just kind of washed his hands and said, you know what, I, I tried, it didn't work. I'm going to sell it to the highest bidder. That person could have filed a certificate of appropriateness for demolition of the Van Lanningham estate, waited one year, and then torn down that, that estate. And I would argue that's the most significant piece of Plaza Midwood. And uh, so kudos to him for waiting it out. And I'm glad we got it taken care of tonight. Well, and I guess in reality, though, uh, while nobody was – happy i think that that happened some of that has to do with your rise to fame no yeah i i always take issue with with referee the problem is that as with everything things get distilled down to a little bit oversimplified uh, and i do like to point out that i won by enough that it wasn't just coming out of one of my 29 precincts. yeah but when i learned about that whole story it just i it's it still doesn't make sense to me what happened two years ago well and it wasn't even so much the the vote that i think people took issue with but it was the process and there was a process where people felt like well it was to the last was minute board, right, right everyone was on board well and so here's another thing i'll say you know when people try to say oh well they approve everything they're in the pocket of developers whatever today is actually a perfect example Nothing, I mean, in my opinion, nothing should ever come to a vote that's going to fail because of this two-year waiting period and all that. So I had a petition today that 
I had God, I mean, a that strong really sense. screws you, man. I mean, I, two years. Yeah. What, I, it limits your options incredibly. I had, a, I had a strong sense. I had a petition and note out today that was supposed to come to a vote tonight, and I had a strong sense after talking to staff and the zoning committee and the neighborhood and uh, my fellow council members that it was not going to pass. So I called the guy and I said, look, you either need to withdraw this thing or you need to defer it and continue to and work so on it. So why wasn't that done two years ago? At least give right. them the chance to, in a deferral, to do something different and not lock them down for two years with no options. Yeah. And I mean, we, you know. That's frustrating. No, no sense in relitigating guess it, what? But You're sitting up here on the 15th floor now, my friend. But that's why, but that's why you don't see many of these things fail because we had tonight multiple, like maybe a dozen deferrals tonight because people knew that they hadn't gotten it right yet. They weren't at a point that we were going to be able to support it. And in fact, I think we had at least one, maybe two, where they just completely withdrew the petitions. Uh, they just knew they weren't ever going to get across the finish line. So, you know, I think it's our job to be very transparent with people and say, you're not there yet. You haven't gotten the support of the community or you haven't gotten the support of the zoning committee or the staff or whatever. And and without some of those things, it's going to be really hard for us to get behind you and, and approve this and allow them the chance to make it right or to make it better um, or to ultimately just throw in the towel there's there's no sense in us bringing something to a vote just to deny it and um so when people see like oh well everything that comes up for a vote they pass it it's because a lot of things don't ever come up for a vote and i don't think a lot of people realize that yep you had a couple of rezonings tonight none that were too uh too crazy but um any you want to chime in on? Not really. And they, they weren't decisions. They were just public hearings. One is um, there's this plot of land across from the little, I guess, preschool on Woodlawn, right in between like Scaly Bark and the Madison uh, Park community. In the, near the Madison Park community in between Scaly Bark and, um, and South. And, you know, I, 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 I think it looks okay. I think some of the descriptions I got today made sense. Uh, but if you live around there, look into it because we have a, the next month essentially to make sure. Uh, the one thing that concerned me is they, they posted all of the information for a public hearing with all the community and only one person showed up. So for any listeners out there in Madison Park, I was kind of surprised because usually you guys are, are pretty engaged. And the fact that only one person showed up to this uh, made me feel like there wasn't a lot of awareness. Well, that's right across the street from your old stomping grounds where yeah, you live. Dude. So you Colonial Village. Shout out to Colonial Village, part, yeah. of, part of District 1. That's right. The most powerful district. Well, it was back in 2007. When you lived there? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. And then um, and then there was another one. This one was... The church. Was one? Oh, the church. Well, my kids go to this church for yeah. school, and uh, my wife and I frequent there occasionally. Um, <laughs> I don't, I <laughs> I don't think, think that works. That's fine. Group, yep, that's yep, right. yep. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty massive. So it's Myers Park United Methodist. And again, they're... They by wanna, frequently, do you mean Christmas and Easter? Yes, but oh, I okay. frequently, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, occasionally Bi-annual. swing by. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 way, to go, way to go, man. Way to call me out there. Uh, I'm trying not to be a senior. We've actually gone a couple times. Whatever. I don't need to defend myself, Larkin. I have gone there several was the time times. There time you ran out of gas, and that that's the parking lot you coasted into. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, they want to uh, really uh, blow it out with multiple A, B, C, and D additional um, b- I'm sure, development I'm not sure zones. I appreciate you referring to it as blow it out. <laughs> <laughs> they want to blow that thing out. But I'm, I'm very supportive of it. They, you know, they, they still have to get funding, uh, which... Um, will mean this will likely happen in phases over many years. 
But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. That's a beautiful church too, and I, I they were very Thank clear. You. They were very clear that they would were going to be sensitive to the architectural elements of the existing church, uh, which is kind of iconic there on the corner of Queens, Queens, Providence, Providence. The most joked about intersection in Charlotte, mm-hmm. which also got a mention in Charlotte's Square. The gold man or bronze um, man. Oh well, that too. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I think that they will be. I mean, it's you know, I think we talked about this with the CPCC rezoning back a while ago, when you've got somebody who's demonstrated over a long period of time, um, a commitment to high level design and, and high level architecture and being a good kind of community, um, citizen, I think that that gives us some trust and, uh, you know, they're not going to build a, a vinyl siding building on the back of, of this prominent Myers park church. So, um, community citizenship is important. Yeah. Thank you. Did I say community citizenship? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, you know what I meant. Yeah. You were struggling for words there. I yeah, saw you. That's that's all right. So what anything else, man? I, I'm kinda mentally all checked out at this point. I think so too. We're, so let's just call it a night. Don't breathe so heavily into the new mics, man. I'm, I'm really hearing that yet. loud and clear. Well, Sorry about all Larkin's breathing. I see a lot of yellow bars when you talk and far less when I talk. You so. let me handle the equipment. Um, where are we going next? We have a strange uh, uh, we're, plan We're going to be here. doing uh, R&D in the ATL. Does that need, Do I need to bring some equipment or can yes, we just use my not phone? Not all of this. We'll use the phone. But uh, we're going to be in Atlanta Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm actually staying over the weekend um, on my own. But we'll be there with a group of, I don't know, like 150 people plus people uh, organized by the chamber of commerce. We're going to be down there with lots of local elected leaders. We're going to be down there with some uh, local business leaders. And um, you know, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to network with a lot of the, the folks here in Charlotte that are, you know, leading the way on a lot of the things that we care about um, like housing, like economic development. And it's also going to be an opportunity for us to learn maybe the the do's and the don'ts from Atlanta because Atlanta is similar in a lot of ways to Charlotte, but it's also very different. And again, I mean, they demonstrate that sprawl that I think a lot of people here are concerned about. So there's things where we can look and say what went wrong as far as how maybe some of their traffic infrastructure and sprawl came to be, but also they've, they've got some innovative things like the Beltline. Um, they've got uh, a lot of that one place thing that caught on fire. What was that? That was a that was an interstate interstate that caught on fire. You've heard of interstates yes, before. Yes, I have. Um, but there's a lot of things there that we can look at and and bring to Charlotte or bring those ideas and figure out how to to translate them to work here because um, with the Beltline, for instance, is just a greenway like system uh, that they built, kind of like the High Line that people are probably familiar with in New York. Um, there's been an incredible amount of investment around that. And so I think that that can be, you know, maybe we can't emulate that perfectly, but I think that we can see that as a motivator to uh, continue to invest in our greenway network and, and connectivity. And um, so I, I think there's things we can learn good and bad down there. And um, so I'm looking forward to it. You know, I had this thing planned that I was going to do to you today to really stick a knife in your back from a pop culture perspective, and I totally forgot to prepare. So I'd like to wing it right now with a couple questions for This you. should go well. Yes. Uh, this is uh, random questions, and they're only going to be the ones that pop up in my mind. Since we're going to Atlanta, um, I would ask that there is a movie. Here's question one. There's a movie called ATL. With T.I. With T.I., what oh, that is the, the question? No, no, that is not the question. What is the primary um, activity for fun that they do in ATL with TI? 
Where do they hang out? A lot. It's an Atlanta thing. You know it's T.I. in the movie and you don't know what they where they hang out? Oh my gosh. You're terrible. At the at the recording studio. Roller rink. At the roller rink. Uh, I Big wonder if we'll do there. that while we're on our trip. That's it. Another movie. Which movie ha- has uh, in the beginning um, the the uh, garbage avalanche of 2050? Or it might be 2500, the year 25, like, I don't I have no idea what you're talking about. They, it starts with the garbage avalanche. I have no idea. The guy wakes up after being cryogenically frozen for a while, and he's the smartest person in the world. Encino Man. Idiocracy. Okay. Never heard of it. Terrible. Is, is Encino Man anything about somebody being Yeah, like, no, unfrozen? no, that's close. But, God, that's so terrible. Okay, yes. What, you, you say, okay, say it one movie. Like, say a movie that you know. Anchorman. Yes. Yes, good. Good. You, you, you got one. That's correct. Uh, final question. Let me see. I don't even have it in my mind. Let me just say... Um, who, what, what, um, this is going well. This is, well, listen, I, I said I was going to plan this out and I didn't. How about this? What is the, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice. That's correct, sir. Well done. Well done. All right. You got two of four. That's what I'll actually plan this segment out in the future. And maybe it'll go better. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Well. That's it for us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you have liked, subscribed, rated, shared, all the things you're supposed to do uh, with your friends because we need your support and we love you. And we'll talk to you next week. This got so weird. Peace. I win it now.